We tend to think of God only in terms of judgment, but God is compassionate beyond anything we can ever fathom. It was another prophet, Jeremiah, who declared, Yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is His faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. Lamentations 3, 21-23. Jonah reminds us of our own lack of mercy when compared with God. Sadly, Jonah was more concerned about a gourd plant than he was about 120,000 living souls. God wants us to learn from Him what it means to love others, especially those who are enslaved to sin. Are we moved with compassion as Jesus was? Or are we judgmental and condemning like Jonah? Well, good morning, everyone. Today we conclude our series on Jonah, and next week we begin celebrating God's faithfulness and kindness to us in a very specific and focused way. Obviously, we're going to do this all through the year, but the next uh, three weeks, we're going to especially give thanks to God for his faithfulness. How many would say that God has been good to them? Some of you? Most of you? Yeah? Just kind of wave. If, but yeah, God's good. Oh, God's good. God's good. All the time. Yeah. Okay, so here we go, finishing up with Jonah. Wow, what a guy. We uh, learned that he was a very racist, nasty, mean-spirited, almost a heartless kind of guy. And uh, lo and behold, this is a man who is a prophet of God, and his job is to go and preach. But as you know, Jonah doesn't really want anybody to get saved. He doesn't want anybody to repent. He wants everybody to be destroyed. This is the kind of guy we're dealing with. And so God gives him an assignment. Jonah, go to Nineveh. And, God, and Jonah says, I'm not going to Nineveh. I'm not going to these people. These people are the worst human beings on the planet, and he wants no part of this assignment. He knows that the Ninevites are, are perverted, sexually perverted people. Part of their, their worship, in fact, includes this worship of the fertility god Dagon, and so they, they indulge in, in all sorts of sexual perversion. And not only that, they're a violent, horrible kind of people. It's well known, it's documented that the Ninevites, uh, the Assyrians, whenever they attacked a city, what they would do is they'd gather up the intelligentsia, they'd gather all the leaders, all the political leaders, anybody who was anybody, they would behead them and then take all those heads and pile them into a pyramid. I know it's it's, it sounds terrible even to tell you this, but that's the kind of people that these Ninevites are, and everybody knows that, and nobody knows it better than Jonah. So Jonah's saying, God, you don't need me to go there. Just destroy them, and let's, let's, let's skip the middleman here. I'm not going. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go to Tarshish instead. And, of course, you know the story. He's on the boat, and God said, I'm not done with you, Jonah. You don't, you're not the one that gets to make these decisions, and and uh, the storm comes up, the hurricane winds are blowing. Jonah knows God's getting his attention, and when it comes right down to it, Jonah says, well, you better throw me overboard. And over, overboard he goes, and into the water, and then all of a sudden he realizes, I I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I mean, he did, yeah, he did ask for that, right? He did tell the sailors, just, just, just kill me, just throw me overboard. 
Rather than stopping and saying, God, I'm sorry for my horrible attitude. As soon as this ship gets into port, I, will, I promise I'll turn around and go back to where you want me to go. He won't do that. Just kill me. And so Jonah swallowed by the fish. And uh, as, as our friend Sheldon has shown us for the past number of weeks, Jonah's having discussions with God. And in the belly of that fish, Jonah repents, and he says, God, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm going to go do what you told me to do. So the, the fish vomits Jonah onto the beach, and Jonah goes, and he executes his responsibility. He goes, and he tells the Ninevites, in 40 days, you're all going to die. The judgment of God is coming. And the people of Nineveh, it says in Jonah 3, 5, they listened to his message. They, it says they believed God's message. And to Jonah's great consternation, it says from the greatest to the least, they declared a fast and put on burlap to show their sorrow. And then it says in, at the last verse of chapter 3, and then we go into chapter 4, is when God saw what they had done and how they had put a stop to their evil ways, he changed his mind and did not carry out the destruction that he had threatened. Oh, my goodness. Now, listen to this. Jonah chapter 4, if anybody wants to know where that is, uh, it's somewhere in the Old Testament. And it's only two pages, so, I mean, some of you will be looking until I'm done my message today, but it's, uh, it's toward the end of the Old Testament. And here's what it says. It says... Uh, Jonah chapter 4, verse 1. This change of plans greatly upset Jonah, and he became very angry. Not just angry, but very angry. So he complained to the Lord about it. Didn't I say before I left home that you would do this, Lord? That is why I'm away, I, I ran away to Tarshish. I knew that you are a merciful and compassionate God, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. You're eager to turn back from destroying people. I mean, Jonah is throwing those words at God as though it were an insult. <laughs> I know you're like, you're just so compassionate and mercy. Unbelievable. What kind of a wimpy God am I serving? That's really what he's saying. And then he says, this, this is hilarious. Just kill me now, Lord. Just kill me now. Talk about a drama queen. He says, I'd rather be dead than alive if what I predicted will not happen. Wow. And the Lord replied, hey, is it right for you to be angry about this? Then Jonah went out to the east side of the city, made a shelter to sit under as he waited to see what would happen to the city. So he's just like, okay, pronounce judgment, and I'm going to get front row seats and watch what happens. Yes. And uh, as it turns out, the Lord God arranged for a leafy plant to grow up there, and soon it spread its broad leaves over Jonah's head, shading him from the sun. This eased his discomfort, and Jonah was very grateful for the plant. Oh, there's, there's just a hint of a good attitude there. But don't get too optimistic. But God arranged also for a worm. And the next morning at dawn, the worm ate through the stem of the plant so that it withered away. And as the wind came, 
and the sun grew hot. God arranged for a scorching east wind to blow on Jonah. And the sun beat down on his head until he grew faint and wished to die. <laughs> and he says, death is certainly better than living like this, he exclaimed. What is this about death? Kill me, kill me. Then Jonah said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry because the plant died? Yes, Jonah retorted, even angry enough to die. Here he goes again. And you think that after telling God so many times I want to die, that God would just say, okay, your three wishes, you got it. Did you see the mercy and the compassion that God has on Nineveh is extended somehow even to Jonah? Jonah says, even angry enough to die. When I was studying this, I was quite shocked to discover that in the Hebrew, this, this is, English does not do this justice, what it says here. What, what Jonah is actually saying, he's, he's actually saying, I'm, I'm damned angry. That's what he's saying. That's what the Hebrew scholars tell us. Jonah is furious, and he's using profanities with God. Wow. Then the Lord said, you feel sorry about the plant, though you did nothing to put it there. It came quickly and it died quickly. But Nineveh has more than 120,000 people living in spiritual darkness, not to mention all the animals. Shouldn't I feel sorry for such a great city? We want to talk this morning about the mercy and the compassion of God. And for most of us here today, we think, well, you know, I'm, I'm pretty merciful. I'm a pretty compassionate person. I want to challenge that today to see if, in fact, that is the truth. And even more than that, it's critical that you and I understand what it is that God has called us to be like and what God has called us to do and to be. Because for most of us, the truth be known, we're probably a little bit more like Jonah than we are like Jesus. We, we don't really understand God's mercy and compassion. So today we're going to talk about this. We're going to come face to face with the compassion of Almighty God. Let's take a look at that. Jonah, typical prophet, he's used to declaring the judgment of God and then waiting for the fire. Imagine Jonah. He has just proclaimed the judgment of God on Nineveh, and now he's got his watch, well, whatever he's got to keep track of time, and he's watching now for the days to tick by. Day 40, day 39, day 38. And he's rubbing his hands together, and he can hardly wait till 40 days is done, and then the fire falls, right? He's all tucked in, got his snacks, sitting in the front row, waiting for the attack of heaven. And let's be honest, who of us doesn't like to see justice carried out? Who of us doesn't want to see the bad guy get it? You say, Pastor Brown, that sounds a little barbaric, yeah? Well, that is actually what most of the movies that come out of Hollywood are about. That is the simple plot. It's all about good triumphing over evil and how the bad guy gets it. Every spy movie, every, every action movie, every movie based on the DC comics or Marvel comic books, they're all the same. Some extreme villain is perpetrating crimes on the earth against women, against children, against whoever. 
And then somehow by the end of the story, the heroes overcome all odds, and somehow, some way, they're able to use their secret powers or their superior wisdom or their superior deduction and reasoning abilities, and they are able to destroy the enemy. And let's be honest, it's delicious. And that's why any DC or Marvel comic book that gets turned into a movie uh, makes actual millions upon hundreds of millions. We like that. We like to see justice done on the earth. We want that. We want to see people suffer who are bad, who are naughty, who have been misbehaving, who haven't been kind or good to their children or good to their wife or good to their husband. We want to see it. We want to see the boss who's nasty. We want him to get in trouble. We want... Them to get even. Now imagine if the movie took a biblical turn. And by biblical turn, I mean a Jonah chapter 4 turn. Imagine, if you will, the Marvel comic book movies, James Bond, whoever you want to talk about. Imagine these villains suddenly receiving mercy. Imagine Lord of the Rings where Sauron and Saruman, those of you who don't know what that is, don't panic, you'll get the gist. Imagine the story coming to this conclusion. They sit down with Gandalf and the elves and the hobbits and Saruman apologizes and says, I'm so sorry for the horrible things that I perpetrated on the earth. Would you please forgive me? And they say, yes, and well, let's have a meal and drink to that. The tension's gone. We don't have a story anymore. It's, at least it's not very interesting because we want the bad guy to get it. That's what Jonah wanted. He wanted the bad guys to get it, to be punished, to be put down, to be vanquished. And the more terrifying their end, the better. Folks, listen to me today. God is a merciful and compassionate God. And at the end of the day, it's not his will that any should perish. At the end of the day, what he really wants is he wants people to come to repentance. He wants people to come to the place where they confess their sin, they repent, and come to the table. You won't see many stories with that kind of a plot device, because frankly, it just doesn't sell. It doesn't appeal to our basest nature. Look at this verse, Jonah 4.2. So Jonah complained to the Lord about it. Didn't I say before I left home that you would do this, Lord? That's why I ran away to Tarshish. I knew that you are a merciful and compassionate God slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. You are eager to turn back from destroying people. What an indictment against God. And can I just say this to every single human being in this room today? Thank God that this is the kind of God that we have. Did you hear that? Thank God that this is the God that we serve. Jonah discovers that the mercy and the compassion of God is B, 
beyond comprehension. He doesn't get it. He doesn't understand it. In his mind, anybody that is so sexually perverse and so violent, they should be destroyed, right? He wants to teach God a few things about justice. God, you don't know what you're doing. God, you don't know how to handle these Ninevites. Let me handle this. Let me take care of this. Let me call down fire and brimstone from heaven. Here's what you need to know this morning. Here's what I need to understand this morning. God wants you to know how very much he loves you. Can I tell you that again? God wants you to know today how very much he loves you. Now, for those of you who are sitting here today feeling a little smug and self-righteous and thinking, I knew that. I know, I know God loves me and I deserve it. Well, frankly, the Bible declares that you don't deserve it. The only way that you and I can stand before God is based not on your merit or on your goodness or on the good things that you've said or done. It's based completely on the merit of Jesus Christ on his righteousness, on his perfection. And anybody who puts their faith in Jesus is spared the judgment, the very judgment that Jonah wants poured out on Nineveh. God wants you to know today that he loves you, and not only that he loves you, but that your sins can be forgiven. Your sins will be forgiven if you repent. All of this is made possible, my friends, because of the compassionate and merciful nature of our God. Thank God that Jonah is not God. Thank God that you and I are not the ones that will be sitting in the judgment, on the judgment seat, declaring judgment. God is the God of a second chance. And perhaps today you're like Jonah only it's yourself that you feel is beyond God's mercy and compassion. You feel that you have failed God. You have done, you've said things, you've done things that you would be terrified for anybody to find out about. And you're sitting here today and you feel you have just gone too far and you're outside now of God's compassion and mercy. Can I just tell you something today about the mercy and the compassion of God? It's broader and wider and deeper than anything that you and I could ever imagine. Read the end of Romans chapter 8. That's the kind of love that God has for you. And that's the kind of love that God has for this broken and hurting world. Maybe you feel you deserve every bit of judgment and every bit of the punishment that God can dish out. What you need to know today is that God loves you and that his mercy and his compassion know no bounds. Jonah says to Nineveh, in 40 days, the judgment of God is falling. God gave Nineveh 40 days to get their stuff together. I believe that maybe God has been speaking to some of us today and he's been speaking to your heart and warning you. And this morning you're here and God's speaking to you and warning you about maybe something that you're doing in your life right now that you know 
is evil. You know it's wrong. You know it's against God's will. You know that you are disobeying God. You know that you are avoiding God. You know that you are going in the opposite direction to where God wants you to go, and you're doing the opposite thing to what God wants you to do. The mercy and the compassion of God is so great that when you come to church on Sunday, that God, by his Spirit, will speak to you, and he's speaking to you right now about things that you need to get started out with him. So I'm giving you a warning today. I'm giving you a warning through the power of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God is speaking to you at this very moment. And I'm telling you that that thing that you've been wrestling with, you need to get resolution. You need to come before God, and you need to repent. And the good news is that God will forgive you. God will love you. God will help you through whatever it is that you're struggling with. Someone say praise the Lord for that. And we understand the compassion of God. But that's not all that Jonah is about, the book of Jonah. The book of Jonah is all about us learning how to be compassionate. You know, over the years, like many of you, I've been hurt by people. Anybody here been hurt by anyone? Yeah. Everybody's like, yeah, well, yeah, that's for sure. I've been hurt by people who have been very unjust to me and very unkind. And you've experienced that. I have had people say hurtful things. Some people feel that they can just say whatever they want. They don't have to, they don't have to stop and even consider what they're saying. They just open their mouth, and as Marilyn says, they open their mouth and their belly roars. I love that. Anything, just let anything come out. Very hurtful. I've had people publicly question my motives. Hey, look, I'm not saying I never make mistakes, but last time I checked, it's, it's, it's a big no-no in Scripture to question anybody's motives. You don't have that right or that privilege. Only God can judge the heart of human beings. In fact, the Bible says we can't even judge our own hearts. I've had people suggest that perhaps I'm malicious or maybe unjudge, uh, uh, unkind and judgmental. I've had people suggest that I don't love the lost as much as they do, I, that I don't love the church, I don't love the children or the community or the world enough. <laughs> Some people I've embraced, I've loved them, I've cared for them, I've supported them. I've given them money, I've given them my time, hours and hours and hours of my time. And in the end, they've rejected me and they've rejected our church. And man, it hurts. I had one couple struggling financially. They called me, they said, Pastor Allen, we are in desperate need. If we don't have a financial miracle immediately, we lose everything, we lose our house. And I, I said, what can I do to help? And they said, well, we need bridge financing until we can get it together. How much do you need? Several, several thousand. It was, it was a lot of money. It was especially a lot of money for Gloria and for me. But we did what we could to help because they're part of our family here. They were going through a difficult time. They did eventually pay the money back after a long, long, long time. 
But then one day they decided that they didn't want to be here anymore, and they left. They didn't say goodbye. They didn't say farewell. They didn't say anything. They just left, and they never came back, and they never spoke to me again. And I could tell you so many stories like that. See, Pastor Allen, you sound bitter and angry. No, I'm not bitter. Was I angry? Yeah, a little bit. Ah, let's be honest. I felt a little bitter. I'm going to tell you that that is the most exhausting thing that happens to me in the ministry. That's the hardest thing I got to deal with. People that you pour out your life for, you pour out your heart for them, and most people don't even know it when you're doing it. In fact, this is what I discovered about most, uh, most takers. How many know that there's givers and there's takers? There's more takers than there are givers. But the takers, man, they will drain you, and then after they've drained you, they'll spit you out, and that's the end of that. <laughs> I had one, one couple, man, they're... Through them, their, their ministry, whatever, they, they, they took tens and tens of thousands of dollars across church. I gave them, Gloria and I gave them lots. And they were done with us, gone. Huh. And I feel used. And I feel maligned. And it's tough. I know what it is to fantasize about justice. I know what it is to fantasize about getting even. How nice it would be to get revenge. Or at least teach them a lesson. Have you ever felt like that? And you go into prayer and you say, God, I do forgive them, I f but teach them a lesson. When you say, God, teach them a lesson, that really means, God, let them have it. You know what I'm talking about today, don't you? And you go into prayer and you remind God about how righteous and how faithful you've been and how good you are and how you have never done that to anybody and how you've never failed anybody and how you've always done everything right and how you've never let anybody down ever. You've never made a mistake. God, I am really, I am really quite exceptional, Lord. And then God does what he always does, and I hate it. He takes his great big spotlight and he shines it right into my heart. And how many know that when God shines his spotlight right into your heart, there are no shadows. You can't hide, baby. You cannot hide. And God shows you what's in there. And he shows you your own lack of gratitude. And he shows you your own bad attitude. And he shows you how you have failed. He shows you how you have made mistakes. He shows you. Actually, thankfully, he doesn't show you too much, or the fact of the matter is we'd all be depressed and couldn't go on if the truth be known. 
He shows you how you have let him down. And the only reason he does this is so that you understand how important compassion and mercy is. That you understand first and foremost how much you need God's compassion and mercy. I'm going to tell you, once you understand how much you need God's mercy and compassion, that's a game changer. And then suddenly you realize, ah, I need God's mercy and compassion even more than those people. Those people have hurt me. Jonah 4.9 says, Then God said to Jonah, Is it right for you to be angry because the plant died? Yes, Jonah, retorted, even angry enough to die. Well, that's the third time he's saying, God, just kill me. And then Jonah 4.10, Then the Lord said, You feel sorry about the plant, though you did nothing to put it there. It came quickly and died quickly. And then watch this, Jonah 4.11, But Nineveh, has more than 120,000 people living in spiritual darkness. They don't know their left hand from their right hand. That's what it actually says in the Hebrew. They don't know their left hand. In other words, these people are so dumb. Dumb, dumb, dumb. Maybe not intellectually dumb, but morally dumb. They have no spiritual wisdom. They're living in darkness. Man, we are so dumb when we're living in darkness. Would anybody say amen to that? I don't care how high your IQ is. I don't care what you do for a living. Man, when you're living in spiritual darkness, you are dumb. You just make stupid mistakes and say stupid things and do stupid things, and you've got a horrible attitude. God says, these poor people living in spiritual darkness, not to mention all the animals, shouldn't I feel sorry for such a great city? Shouldn't I feel sorry for them? This is where the book ends. This ends with that verse. God's got the last word. Now, I think if Jonah had the last word, he'd probably say something like this. I wish I could die, something like that. What is with Jonah and dying and death? I mean, someone's got to die in his estimation. And maybe that's the way you're thinking this morning. Someone's got to die. I've been hurt. I've been offended. I've been taken advantage of. I've been abused. I've been used. Someone's got to die here. And if God won't kill somebody else, then God kill me. That'll teach him. That'll teach him. We're all a little indignant and shocked at Jonah's attitude. But folks, let's be honest. We're just being self-righteous. Because the fact of the matter is, although you protest and say, I wouldn't be that way, the fact is that is really who we are and that's what we're like. That's why we need the word of God to instruct us and to teach us and to remind us of what we're all really like. It's easy to get up on your high horse and declare, Jonah, what a rascal, what a racist, what a nasty, nasty human being. And the fact of the matter is, is that you and I are so often like Jonah. Who in your life today needs your mercy and your compassion? Who needs it? Friend at school? Your children? 
What you really like to do is just kill them. But what they really need is they need your mercy and your compassion. Maybe it's your boss. You just had it with him, her. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's a friend let you down, and let you down, and let you down, excluded you, left you out, made you feel like you were worthless. And what you would really like is, oh, you got the, the, the fantasy is just rolling now, how we could get even, how we'll teach them a lesson, how when it's, when it's my turn, oh, I'm going to let them have it. For whom is God prompting you to be compassionate? You see, this is at the very core of our Christian faith. Christianity is all about mercy and compassion. And here's what Jesus says. You must be, in Luke chapter 6, 36 to 37, you must be, that's a big word, I know, but try again. You must be, just as your Father is, compassionate. Do not judge others, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn others, or it will come back against you. Forgive others, and you will be forgiven. One of my favorite verses, right out of the Beatitudes, blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Do you want to know why I'm merciful? It's not because I'm smarter than Jonah. It's because I need God's mercy too. Who needs your mercy today? Who needs your forgiveness? Who have you been judging? Jesus is warning you this morning. The Spirit of God is here to warn you today to stop judging, to stop condemning, to forgive. And if you've been holding unforgiveness in your heart towards anybody, a mother, father, brother, sister, uncle, aunt, whatever, I'm warning you, as Jonah warned Nineveh, 40 days, you, you really don't want to come under the discipline of God. You really don't want to do that. Can I challenge you to get this thing sorted out, whatever it is that you're dealing with, get it sorted out within the next 40 days, and if you're really smart, you'll do it today. You know, in the Bible, especially in the New Testament, <laughs> it occurred to me as I was preparing this message, there's a lot of talk about prostitutes. Have you noticed that? Jesus is hanging out with prostitutes, and there's prostitutes washing his feet, and, and in, in, his, in his genealogy, there's a prostitute. And the Bible clearly says it's a prostitute. There's a woman at the well, although she may not be actually called a prostitute, she's acting like one, Jesus says, and the man you're with right now, well, that's not your husband either, right? And then there's a woman who's brought to Jesus, caught in adultery, just only she was caught, he wasn't. What's that about? Do you want to know something? In Jesus' day, like a prostitute was like, that, that was like the worst thing you could do. It was even worse than killing people. Imagine that. A woman 
who's a prostitute. It doesn't get worse than that. And what do we see Jesus doing? Well, for one thing, we see God allowing a prostitute, an ex-prostitute, to be a grandmother of our Lord and our Savior. If that doesn't blow your mind, I don't know what will. And then the people that Jesus is hanging out with, prostitutes. Do you think that God's trying to get a message through to us? Man, we could be so, so self-righteous all the while living a lie. A lie that's full of unrighteousness. The Spirit of God speaking to you and me today, and he's calling us, first of all, to repent of our own sin and make sure our own lives are right with God. Amen? But he's also calling you and I to be compassionate with those who haven't got their stuff together. This is at the core of our Christian faith, to be a compassionate, merciful people. Because if you and I are, in fact, children of God, then understand this about your God. He is your Father, and your Father is compassionate. And your Father in heaven, who is compassionate, expects you and I to be compassionate as well not judging, not condemning, and not holding a grudge. Would you stand with me, please? Father, thank you for your hand upon us this morning, for your spirit working in the hearts of your people. God, you are not finished with us yet. God, if we're honest, we've been fantasizing a lot about revenge, about getting even, about teaching somebody a lesson. What you're asking us to do today, God, is to pray a prayer of forgiveness, to forgive them and to pray your blessing upon that person. Father, we pray now that you would be glorified in our lives and that, you and, that each and every one of us would live the way that Jesus lived, full of compassion, full of kindness, full of love. We thank you today, Lord, that you are a compassionate God and that you have forgiven my sins. And so, God, we commit ourselves to you now, asking that you give us the grace to go from here as a compassionate people. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Everyone said it? Tell the person beside you, God has forgiven me my sins.